All right, so we'll be kicking it with her in a little bit now. We got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes, Floyd Mayweather is returning to the ring. We'll give you some details about that. Also, people still doing fraud. Somebody had to plead guilty in a $32 million COVID relief fraud case. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. That's like my morning, favorite song right now. The- by the way, this is like my so favorite what? song uh, right now. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yeezy? Floyd Mayweather is returning to the ring in May. He's doing an exhibition boxing match, and it will literally be on a helicopter landing pad in Dubai, according to TMZ Sports. Who are you fighting? Uh, he'll take on Dangerous Don Moore. It's an eight-round exhibition fight happening on May 14th. It's being called the Global Titan Fight Series. Well, no, How much is he getting paid? Yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> that's the first question people have. That's right? the only reason he's doing it. He's yes, only doing absolutely. it for the money, which yeah. is, I mean, which is fine. You know, 40-something years old, you're probably still in the ring sparring anyway just for, you know, exercise, so why not? I see yeah. him training with uh, AB. I, I see them running and working out with each other, but... I wonder how much he's getting paid. It's a lot. I'm sure it's a double-digit million-dollar payday. Yeah, we're going to see soon. All right. Now, a woman in Oklahoma has uh, pleaded guilty in a $32 million COVID relief fraud scam. It involved more than 150 fraudulent applications for loans from the PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, which Congress passed to help businesses survive the pandemic. She was part of that scheme. And her name is Amanda J. Gloria. She's 45 years old. She pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit bank fraud and money laundering. She was charged in June with helping a New York man get a loan for close to $1 million. And she also submitted and got around $421,000 from the pandemic relief program using a trucking business that she owned. But that business hasn't been active since 2017. And then she conspired to submit at least 153 fraudulent PPP applications on behalf of 111 entities. Well, all you people that got them fraudulent PPP loans, just know the coast is not clear. (laughs) Okay? The heat is still on. You could be in prison by Christmas. All right. And six state attorneys generals threatened the NFL with a probe over treatment of how they've treated female employees. So they said our offices will use the full weight of our authority to investigate and prosecute allegations of harassment, discrimination or retaliation by employers throughout our states, including at the NFL and the attorneys general from New York, Illinois, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Oregon and Washington wrote a letter to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. They said all of this is entirely unacceptable and potentially unlawful. Uh, all but one of the states have an NFL franchise, and the state of New York is home to NFL headquarters. They said in New York, where the NFL is headquartered, the office of the attorney general has never hesitated to take action to protect employers from sexual harassment and abuse, whether they are entry-level employees of the Weinstein Company or servers and bartenders at Batali-owned restaurants. So uh, there's some potential sexual harassment allegations. Uh, that have happened. Former employees told the New York Times that they were held back and criticized for having an aggressive tone and often unfair stereotype of women, especially women of color, who try to advance in a male-dominated workplace. Other women reported that in a training intended to improve sensitivity on the issue, you won't believe this, they were asked to raise their hand to self-identify if they had been victims of domestic violence or knew someone who had. 
They said this is not doing better. Anti-discrimination laws in many states, including New York, prohibit employers from subjecting domestic violence victims as well as women and people of color to a hostile work environment. The NFL is an old school boys club. It's, it's never had a reckoning. Like, I mean, women probably have never even been considered in the NFL. Imagine you're being abused and they ask you in a meeting, raise your hand if you've been That a, sounds crazy. I mean, come yeah. on. It sounds about right for the NFL to me. That's it. The NFL's an old school boys club. Old school. Old school. That's old, 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 old school. Old school white man. Exactly. It's <laughs> old school white man boys club. <laughs> exactly. Old school old white man's boys club. Exactly. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent. Phone lines are wide open. Again, 800 800- 585-1051. Hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Sheba. Hey, Sheba. Good morning. Get it off your chest. My boss had me come in two hours early to pass out snacks and take pictures of the drivers. There are no snacks. He didn't set anything up, so I just came in two hours early for no reason. No snacks. You're getting paid, though. You're getting paid, though. I'm getting paid, but I woke up two hours early for no reason. Shouldn't you want breakfast? Do I want want breakfast? Yeah. No, I don't want breakfast. I want my sleep. Oh, no, that's even better. You're right. If I have to choose between food and sleep... Sleep. I do sleep all the time. It sounds like you choose. It sounds like you violence this morning. That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, he gonna get a piece of my mind when I'm going. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, have a good one, Mama. Thank you guys for keeping me up, though. I appreciate y'all. All right. Thank you. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's going on, Evie? Hey, I just gotta say. Oh, good morning, first. Good morning. Good morning. Your phone breaking up, bro, bro. First time on Breakfast Club, but your phone sound like trash. Your phone ain't ready, even if you are. Hey, 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 my my phone ready. Don't worry about that, Dr. Charlemagne. I'm good. Okay. But, um, I, I got to shout out my sister. It's her birthday today. She's a Howard alumni. Way better than Hampton. Don't even play envy. I feel sorry uh, for her. Shout out Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not me. Hey, uh, and I just got to uh, shout out my, my friend on Instagram, JLag Forever. I don't know what y'all doing. This is a Detroit brand. Amazing. Y'all go check them out. It's dope. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. And y'all be seeing you at your car show, my boy. Are oh, you going to Houston? Yes, sir. All right. All right well, I'll see you there, uh, man. Bring your family. Atlanta. Okay. Oh, yes, sir. And you, you can bring that Howard alum with you. It's all good. We all HBCU. It's all love. Hey, it's all love. Oh, yeah. Hey, Envy, give your clothes to your son, Logan, my boy. High school done. <laughs> wow. I do it. Damn. He was all with the insults. Cold give your boy, give your clothes to hell? your son. son. Hello, who's this? Damn. Yo, this T. Yo, what up? Get it off your chest. Man, ain't nothing. Really, I ain't had nothing to say, man. I ain't think I was going to get through. <laughs> You're not prepared. <laughs> so you wasn't uh, even ready. No, I ain't a man. On the way to work. About to be late, about like you, man. Ain't <laughs> happening, brother. I know, man. I'm Y'all South so Carolina, funny. Man. 803. 803 to Metro. All right. No, Tankerville. We're going to put Tankerville on the map. I don't know if you know nothing about that. What the hell is Tankerville? He's going to put it on the map. <laughs> Jenkinsville. Oh, Jenkinsville. Oh, yeah, yeah. Salute yeah. to Jenkinsville. Yeah, yeah, man. I had to put it on the map. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to my nephew, too, man. He a rapper. He good. Check him out. His name Trout Roof. Check his music out. Blast off. But that's about all I got to say. But 
Anyway, I appreciate what all y'all do, man, Charlemagne. Hey, I mess with you, man. My old lady always be talking about that shit, man. But like, man, I, you just love Charlemagne. Hey, I mess with, uh, appreciate what you hey, do. Hey, man, we, we country cousins, brother, South Carolina all day. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yeah, what's up, Evie? What's up, Trav? Yee, welcome back. Hey, baby. I miss your voice, girl. I miss your voice, I miss you too, Trav. What's up, Sar? Peace, sis. I heard you was being a straight-up thot this weekend at Dreamville. Oh, God. Leave me alone. That's right. My broke ass is at Dreamville fast. We know that's right. Oh, man. You know what? I forgot you was broke, Trav. You, you ain't had no business there this weekend. None. Unless you was working. None. Was that, got, temp, was that temp job there? Was you setting up a stage or something? That was an investment into his happiness. No, yeah. If you would have heard him last week, yeah, you would have felt you, you would have. You ain't got no business. How, first of all, how you got there? Who took you? Uh, one, Zamani. Shout out to, shout out to Zamani. Salute to Zamani. Love Zamani. Yeah, she gave me tickets, and I went down there with Tay and DJ Spacey, and we had a ball. Okay. Oh, okay. How was J. Cole? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The LeBron James rap. It was everything. Y'all know, how, y'all know how I feel about J. Cole. And he put on one of the best performances and one of the best festivals. Mind you, I've been to Made in America a million times. But it had nothing on Dreamville Fest. Nothing okay. on Dreamville Fest. But Envy, yes, speaking of being broke, listen, your book is about to come out. Don't be letting these people call up there. I, I bought your book. My broke self. There you so go. Don't let these people call up there and ask for a free, a free book. book from you. <laughs> Ain't nobody told you a dumb ass to buy a book, Trav. You, we definitely would have gave you one free because we know your financial no, condition. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I I support you. You do, Trav. You do, Trav. I appreciate that's real, and 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 I appreciate everybody that pre-ordered the book. Um, the numbers are great. I just want to say thank you if you haven't pre-ordered it. Pre-order it. It comes out April nineteenth. And thank you for supporting Trav. It made your wife put a lot into this book. Trav, I want you to get back on your feet. I don't want you to get charged for things like books. Yes, sir. I sent my song to the email. Okay. All right. He know he he saw it already, Trav. He lied to you last week and told you he was gonna play it in the mix. No, you said I was gonna play it in the mix. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. You're right, Trav. <laughs> Damn, Trav. That's still a, that's still your way of saying I'm not playing your record, Trav. I didn't say that. I did. <laughs> 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 You're going both ways right now, Envy. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and yesterday we were talking about T.I. and Lauren Knight, the comedian who uh, they went back and forth while she was performing in the comedy club. There was a lot of aftermath from that. Well, the two of them have reconciled. We'll tell you about that conversation. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk T.I. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, yesterday we were talking about comedian Laura Knight and T.I. getting into it after he interrupted her set. He did not like a joke that she made about 
sexual assault allegations that he faced last year. Well, the two of them have since made up, and here he is talking to her while she's on stage. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to protect you and correct you. You hear me? I'm here for your protection and correction. I'm not here to do anything harmful to you. I love you. I support you. All right, he posted, I've said from my entrance into the world of comedy that I intend to use my light to shine on others, to bring awareness to those who also have love and respect for the art form and the spirit of that. Everyone, I'd like to introduce you to Lauren, at, at She's Lauren K. She's a young up-and-coming comic on the scene in Atlanta. Check her out. She's a young black woman fighting to use her voice for laughter, and I understand that may take us down dark roads at times, but there's always an opportunity to find a beacon of light and produce a positive outcome. Here's what else he had to say as he gave her her props. Every time something bad happened, there's an incredible opportunity for something good to happen. And I will be on his stand-up special on Netflix because he's going to get one because he's famous. And I'll be there. <laughs> I will be riding. If anybody, I won't ride a but I will ride a coattail. <laughs> hey, I ain't got no but love for you. I ain't got no but some integrity. I mean, love and respect for you. I and I think you have an incredible amount of integrity. And I think you handled yourself with integrity in this moment. And I think it's an incredible opportunity for us to be an example for other people who have discrepancies. Period. I respect it. I respect it. But who won the million-dollar bet, though? Didn't he bet her a million dollars that he didn't call it a B-word? I need to know who won the bet. Well, it's over now. He was joking. They squashed uh, the beef. It's comedy. Let's make it's it all good. Okay. Well, I'm glad that the comedians could get along. I don't want to see no beef in the comic, uh, the comic community. T.I. is a comedian now. Okay. Yes. And The weekend will be joining Swedish House Mafia as Coachella co-headliners. They are replacing Kanye. You know, Kanye did drop out of it, and uh, it's less than two weeks away. And so that's what it is. Now, he was supposed to get $8.5 million to perform. And according to reports, Coachella tried to not pay The weekend as much as they were going to pay Kanye. It was $8 million plus a $500,000 production fee. So The weekend has demanded that he get that same amount of money and that they don't just put that money back in their pockets. So. Oh, yeah, I would too. Well, yep. The weekend is The weekend, but it's still Kanye West, right? Like, it, it comes down to who would nope. be the bigger draw, don't you think? Nope, bottom of the ninth. It's bottom of the ninth. You need a performer. You need an artist. Kanye dropped out. You need somebody. You need me. I don't think nobody. I think that's not, not going to stop nobody from going to Coachella in People are going to be upset about well, it. Well, it's a that Sunday headliner because, you know, they have three mm -hmm. different days. Yeah. So Coachella's an experience, though. I'm sure Coachella already was sold out before they announced Kanye. But I heard people saying that they were upset because they, they wanted to see Kanye. And I'm sure. He's not there. And if The weekend can get the $8 million, get the $8 million. I'm just saying from a business perspective, I would be like, well, you're not necessarily Kanye. You are The weekend. But you Coachella know. got it. Of course yeah, they got they it. They had the money. And the other thing, is, all, you got and the other thing is I'm filling in at the last minute. <laughs> Yeah, I'm last you know, minute. So I got things yeah, to do. Yeah, I could have yeah, been yeah. on vacation. No, you got to pay me for my time. You're a little they desperate to find somebody of a uh, huge uh, status to fill in. So I'll, I'll take Yee's. Uh, I'll take Yee's advice on this. I'm not listening to Envy. What? I'm not listening. You're not gonna say nothing what? about. Man, I'm, okay. What? I'm just saying. Envy might have a personal grab. You know. No, oh, yeah. It's it is personal for him. <laughs> it's a little personal. It is. It is. I ain't gonna lie. It's a little personal. Envy, yeah, me, me my money. <laughs> Bottom of the night, run me my money. <laughs> go get your week. I'm about to say, go get your weekend, weekend. Go get your weekend money. No, <laughs> go get your money, I don't know weekend. What you're saying. Yes. All right.
So, but Envy's still wearing that chain. Um, <laughs> Jesse Williams is terrified of being nude on stage and take me out. He told Page Six exclusively for his Broadway debut that he was terrified to strip down. He said, but then I noted that that was what I asked God for. I asked to be terrified. I asked to do something that was scary and challenging and made me earn it and made me feel alive and not comfortable. He announced back in May 2021 that he was exiting Grey's Anatomy after 12 seasons. And he is now starring in the revival of the 2002 play as Darren Lemming, a baseball player who recently came out as gay. Take well, me out. Give me some context. Why is he butt naked on stage? It's part of the play. So it's just butt naked. That's all you heard, huh? Just butt naked on stage. <laughs> I mean, I want to know what's it's the context. Three, like, it's why a three-act he... play. And... I mean, I've never seen the play, but like I said, it's a baseball player who recently came out as gay. It's called Take Me Out. Yeah. And that's the name of the play. I mean, I've been Pretty to a clever, lot of, yeah, by the way. Play on words. I've been to a lot of plays. I can't remember seeing nobody just butt naked on stage. I actually have. I saw Frankie and Johnny with my oh. mom, and there was nudity in that. And, okay. And you're not allowed to take pictures in the theater. I know that's a fear that people have. I don't want to be naked and vulnerable, and then someone takes a picture and posts it. Yeah, especially if you ain't got that hang time. If you a grower and not a shower... I wouldn't want to be on there with all my shrinkage. Right. And I'm sure that your penis gets terrified, too. Like, <laughs> it's just like you're terrified. <laughs> Testicles get closer to your body. It comes out Lord like I'm have mercy. <laughs> all right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Now we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Yes, and let's talk about these major war crimes being discovered in Ukraine after Joe Biden has announced new sanctions on Russia. We'll tell you some of uh, what's being said is happening. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? All right. Well, let's start with Joe Biden. He has declared major war crimes have been discovered in Ukraine as Russian for, uh, forces retreat from areas around Kiev. And here is what Joe Biden had to say. These oligarchs and their family members are not allowed to hold on to their wealth in Europe and the United States and keep these yachts while children in Ukraine are being killed, displaced from their homes. Civilians executed in cold blood, bodies dumped into mass graves. A sense of brutality and inhumanity. So what are you doing somebody is a war criminal? Do you go get them? Well, what they're doing now is they're saying similar to the January 6th attacks on the Capitol, they are actually looking at um, video and they're documenting. <laughs> they said millions of Ukrainians with cell phones are recording incidents and interactions, large and small. And they're going to be able to use that to prosecute people, they haven't to, even identify, to identify them and prosecute real people. Yeah, they, haven't even re- they haven't even really taken real action to anybody that yes, uh, they have. invaded Sanctions. the Capitol on the 6th. Oh, no, they You know what I'm that. saying? So why would nope. that be a good comparison? I don't well, tr- they have um, identified people off of videos and off of pictures, and so that's what they're doing now. They have, like I said, millions of recordings of interactions. So in criminal court, you can be prosecuted uh, for those things. And what well, are, are we the- watching the war, though? Am I tripping? Are we watching the war? Yes, we are. Are we seeing the bodies on television? Absolutely. The bombs, the, the, the like, missiles. What's the, the investigation? The what needs to be investigated? It's on individuals. So if you see, a, if you have a video oh. of a person doing something, 
And um, that's what they're making sure that they're creating a database. And they said it's geolocated photographs and video showing incidents of civilian harm that include hundreds of incidents. You can view it by simply clicking on a map. And then you use that information to identify these real people. Oh, I thought he was talking things. about Putin the whole time. No, he's talking about like soldiers, everything. Because uh. what they're doing is, uh, even with buildings that clearly said in Russian, children, they're bombing those buildings. They're killing people on the streets, civilians. And those are war crimes. You're not, you know, so they're <laughs> working to bring war criminals to trial. But I feel like the biggest head honcho in all of this would be Putin, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so go get the go get the head. Take but the, the head soldiers out. can't just be out here doing things like uh like I said, bombing children's uh Absolutely. hospitals and all of that. The, They're accountable that too. They're you, taking orders though. That's you know right. I mean? You got and the kingpin. The kingpin yeah. is Putin. Absolutely. But that's still criminal activity because you know that's what is considered a war crime. Absolutely. But if you're, in, yeah. but if you're a troop and you're a soldier, you're fighting for your country, and then when your when your leader tells you to do something, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do it. If you don't, you get in trouble. You can get uh, arrested for treason. I've seen so, people talking about accounts of you know them separating them from their husband, their families, and then them they're finding their husband outside, shot, uh, killed in the street hours later. That you might know, be I've like seen, said, I've you seen situations of of women being raped. Awesome. And things like that. You know, one yeah. woman talking about how she was raped repeatedly. I agree. And then the soldiers came back. I don't know that Putin's saying do that. Yeah, but it still sounds like, you know, they are trying to avoid the bigger issue, which is going to get Correct. Putin. Because if they go after Putin, then it's World I think War you III. can do both, too, by like, the way. Like, I saw them asking the press secretary, you know, why don't they just engage in war? And she was like, well, World War, a war isn't something that we want right now. But if you know that this guy is the head honcho, the kingpin, calling all of these shots, why wouldn't you just go get him? I don't know if it's that easy, but... All right, and women in Russia are also videoing themselves scissoring up their expensive Chanel bags. They're protesting being barred from new purchases by their favorite brand, Chanel. Uh, Chanel has pulled out of Russia. They stopped selling to wealthy Russians. Buyers have to sign a pledge that they will not wear or display that brand in Russia. So now a lot of the... You know, influencers are saying that they are against Russia phobia. And if owning Chanel means selling my motherland, then I don't need Chanel. And so now they're trying to cut up their they are cutting up their Chanel bags and posting videos of that. But if you go to Chanel and you're from Russia and you try to buy something, they will ban you from being able to do that. Yeah, that statement sounded wow when you first said it. You're like, women in Russia are scissoring up. I was like, what? Pause. That's what no. they're thinking about at a time like this? Cutting their bags. What is wrong with you, but That's man. how she started it. I was like, scissoring. You've been kinky I've never heard scissoring from the, from up. The naked guy on stage to scissoring up. I've only up heard scissoring kinky. up referred to as one way, sir. Okay. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, there's more definitions. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got a special guest joining us. Charlemagne sat down. Oh, with man. The young lady. Yes, mm-hmm. man. You know, I do a series with The Hollywood Reporter called uh, Emerging Hollywood, where I sit down with people who are doing their thing in Tinseltown. And Quinta Brunson is absolutely a human that's doing her thing. She's the creator and star of Abbott Elementary on ABC, a show that is setting records on ABC, highest rated comedy since Modern Family, most tweeted show, all that good stuff. And one of my personal favorite shows right now to watch. So, yes, I'll be talking to her next. All right, we'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. 
Quinta Brunson, you know, the creator of Abbott Elementary. Good morning. Hey. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I am really happy to have this conversation because I am a real big fan. What was life like growing up, you know, in West Philadelphia? <laughs> Born and raised. I'm sorry. I'm you had to. I know. It's okay. I let people get it out of their system. Um, <laughs> you know, it was great. I loved growing up in Philly. It's a beautiful city with a ton of culture. It was a nice env environment to grow up in. And being the youngest of five, I just kind of took so much from my siblings. They were older, they were experiencing comedy in their own ways. Like their favorite things range from kings of comedy to, I don't know, like Conan, to yeah. my mom and dad like really old shows like the Bob Newhart show and, and the Jeffersons and stuff. So I feel like all that funneled into me. And my brother, who's closest to me, liked Ace Ventura, so I got the stupid stuff, too. Mm -hmm. It all just funneled down, so it was nice. Being the youngest of five, did you get away with a lot? I had more eyes on me, <clears throat> for sure. My parents were very overprotective. Really? By the time they get to the youngest ones, they kind of, like, they don't raise the youngest like they do the oldest. <laughs> Not in my case. They were very overprotective. It made me more adventurous to go out and do my own stuff, so... I found new ways to defy them. You said that when you could make your siblings laugh, you knew you were doing something right. So mm -hmm. how would you make them laugh? One of the big things was them putting me in a car seat and making me do impressions of Wanda from In Living Color. <laughs> they made me redo Martin episodes, like, from beginning to end. You can remember whole episodes of Martin? When I was younger, yeah. Okay, okay, Maybe okay. I still can. There's a, there's a lot of Fresh Prince episodes I can remember from beginning to end, like mm -hmm. can almost quote. So stuff like that. It was um, kind of knowing these shows like the back of my hand to be able to say the lines to them later. That was the way to connect to them. I was also so far away from them. My closest sibling is eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. And my other siblings, it's, you know, 10 years, 15 years, and then 20 years. As a kid, I couldn't really relate to them, but mm -hmm. making them laugh was how I got to, you know, hang out with them and our whole family. Like my mom and dad too, we all really came together over comedies. It was like the one thing that we could all agree on was a good a good sitcom at the end of the day. Now you, you were raised Jehovah Witness. Mm -hmm. So was I. You were? Absolutely. My mom I did still not goes know to the, my mom still goes to the Kingdom Hall to this Wait, day. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. I did not know yes, that. Yes. So does mine. So how, how strict was your upbringing? Very. Yeah, because you was named. Well, I'm saying overprotective. I can just use the now you know what I'm talking about. Like they were very strict. Yeah. Also, I was the only kid that was born and raised in it. You know what I mean? Wait, that's not true. Me and my young my brother closest to me. The rest of them weren't like raised Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh no, I was raised whole family. What? Oh yeah, I had the whole righteous ratchets mom and dad. So my dad ended up getting this fellowship because he got baptized knowing he had no business getting I baptized. I cannot believe this conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I should be disfellowshipped. I'm on the run. You'll never get me. I never got baptized. Oh, uh, that's why. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew that was too much pressure. I did because I was so ambitious. I was such an ambitious 13 year old. Oh my God. You got um, baptized at 13? Yeah, because I was like, I love God. I did too, but that's too much pressure. I know. Well, you had enough foresight. Have you held on to any of those traditions or habits? You go to memorial service still? Memorial's the one thing I'll try really hard to go to. Mm -hmm. And it gets harder for me every single year. There's always a new obstacle. Last year I tried to go. I show up. It's a Korean hall. I was like, what the hell? Like, why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could not win. So I'm just sitting there dressed like a slut in comparison to everybody else. Like... Because I, I was also trying to go to this party after, so I was like, I'm just wearing this dress. It was a little short, but I was like, it's cool, I'm sitting in the back. They're just like appalled at what I'm wearing, and I'm like, calm down. I was going to sit in the back if I could get in. Yeah. Anyway, the brothers are just like looking at me. Like, I'm just 
All you want to do is pass some bread and wine. That's, That's all. it. I'm like, it gets harder and harder every single year, but I keep trying to show up. Yeah, there was a lot of reasons why it wasn't for me, but I don't think it's bad, and I think... If it weren't for that, I'm not sure that me and my siblings would have, like, survived Philadelphia at the really? time. Yeah, because that kind of structure, I guess, yeah. and faith, it kind of keeps you out of trouble, which is why people hold on dear to religion, period. You know, it keeps you on a good path. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm grateful. What about it. holidays? How do you feel about those now? Because, you know, we didn't get those as kids. We didn't. There was one year I just wanted to see what it, feel, like, what it feels like, so I went to... Uh, Rite Aid and got like a plastic Christmas tree <laughs> and I just put it I put, and I put it in my apartment and I just looked at it and I left it there for like maybe one night and then I took it out and threw it in trash yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to see what it felt like yeah, you never yeah. just wanted to see I mean I do it now because I got a, you know, a whole family so it's like my wife oh, didn't grow up so you be out here celebrating Christmas I enjoy it though but not because I'm of the I'm gonna tell your mother <laughs> <laughs> yo that's so awkward when you she's there for the holidays Christmas. Did you ever feel like an outsider in high school? Not in a sad way. I also went to a school that was an art school. So everybody in the school was kind of an outsider. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everyone was very accepted because you were, the only reason you were there in the first place was because you were kind of a weirdo. It encouraged us all to go into like whatever we wanted to do. And I wish more kids had that for sure. Did you have any insecurity growing up? There was a point where I thought if I had a big butt and I could sing, then my life would be different. Mm. And that was an insecurity for a while. I remember, like, stuffing my pants. <laughs> like, I wore, like, three pairs of tights to school one day because I wanted to have a bigger butt. And that was before, like, BBLs and everything I know. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the girls are going to do now. I mean, for me, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to, like, you just wanted to be, like... I was a little stick-thin little girl. And who was popular at the time? Like, Buffy the Body. Oh, yeah. What's her name from Flavor of Love? Delicious. Delicious. And, like, you just wanted to, you know, so... That was probably my only insecurity. How'd you get over that? I had a really bad breakup in college, high school boyfriend, and in college we broke up and it was so bad. It was so bad that I had no choice but to like put myself back together. Wow. And when you get your heart broken that bad and everything falls apart and you put yourself back together, you didn't you didn't become invincible and then like all that kind of stuff doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't care about it anymore. What helped you put things back together when you said everything fell apart after the breakup like did you start going to see a therapist or no therapy wasn't it wasn't the conversation that it is now do you know what i mean at the time i think i probably should have back then because i was like depressed but i barely had the language to identify it as depression did you drink heavily smoked no i wish no that probably would have helped me get through it better (laughs) no i was such a noob at the time i didn't really drink i had many days that were I, dropped, I pretty much dropped out of school because of wow. that, which was crazy. I never, it, I don't talk about that a lot, but I did pretty much drop out because I just could not peel myself out of the bed. And- um, That was depression. It was depression. Yeah. And, and I just didn't identify it as such. And I watched the same DVD of Bruce Almighty on repeat every day. I couldn't pick up the remote <laughs> to change the, the DVD. I couldn't even peel myself out of bed to take the DVD out of the DVD player. So I watched it over and over. I sought out like help from friends, you know, like friends helped me out big time. I had one friend, Brandy, who like gave me a list of affirmations to say in the window. Uh, sorry, in the window, in the mirror and that. I remember that being a specific thing that helped me. I remember thinking it was very stupid, but then I would say the affirmations to myself in the mirror every single day. And after a year, it felt like they had worked. It's crazy, those little things like that. I picked myself back up eventually and started uh, making plans to to work, to go to L.A. It was really making plans that helped 
pull me out of that, I think. Because even when I came to L.A., I was still dealing with it. And I just, I don't know. I worked my way out of it. Did it fuel you in some way? Like, I always think about that, uh, I think, what was it, that Mark Zuckerberg movie, and at the end he kept hitting this. He created Facebook basically because of this young lady. Did it fuel you like that? Yeah. I mean, when that boyfriend broke up with me, I was like, I don't know how, but you're going to see my face everywhere. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I did not know how. And then... You know, like then I like had gone viral on Instagram and stuff like that. So I think it definitely did. But now that's all going away. I like did that and we're friends now. And um, yeah, but it definitely fueled me at the time. Wow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, we got more with Quinta Brunson when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Quinta Brunson. Charlemagne. Did you ever start your own journey? Going to therapy, things like that? Like, how does Quinta heal? I haven't gone to therapy. I do have a journey, though. Like, there are things that I do to take care of my mental health. Sometimes that's just resting. Sometimes that's just being with friends and family when I need to. Sometimes it's uh, checking in with myself, making sure I'm not doing harmful things to my for my mental health, like comparisons. I think that's a small thing that people don't think about that really messes with your mental health. Absolutely. You know, compare, and I always have to check in, especially as I'm, you know, having this moment with Abbott. I always have to check in and, and ground myself. Um, so I try to be very active doing that. I feel like my mental health is in a really good place, but if it ever weren't, I would tap in and not ignore it, I think. Your parents had uh, no clue you were taking classes at the Second City mm -hmm. in Chicago while you were studying at Temple mm -hmm. in Philly. How, how'd you pull that off? I told them I was staying in my friend's dorm, and I would be like, oh, I'm staying on campus, got to study. Just I would lying. Fly. <laughs> Just lying. <laughs> oh, I was such a little liar. I had to, though. And it was funny, because you would have thought I was, like, you know, doing something really bad, and I'm going to take improv classes. <laughs> and I would lie and be like, I'm going to a campus party. And meanwhile, I'd be flying to Chicago. And I did it like seven times. I don't know how I pulled it off. Wow. Did it make you feel like you was living like a dual identity? Absolutely. Lived a double life for a long time. Now, who had more influence on your career? Your sixth grade teacher, Miss Abbott? Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard you ran into Paul Rudd at a movie theater in Philly. <laughs> Yeah, that little gem that Paul Rudd dropped on me that I don't, that he barely remembers is it was just one of those little sparks that makes you believe something is possible. But my teacher, Miss Abbott, and my mother really, who's like the the inspiration behind Abbott, your teachers are to me ultimately responsible for your ability to read, write, articulate, present yourself. They turn you into a human. So I was really fortunate enough to have really good teachers that I loved. It always like bugs me out when people talk about having a teacher they hated. I just never had that experience. Mm -hmm. So not only did it inspire me to make Abbott clearly influ influential for that reason, but they were, they were good at making people <laughs> like and like turning kids into good People, citizens, creators, etc. Abbott Elementary is a hit, like a hit, hit, like a big. Hit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how does it feel to receive so much praise for the show? It's so crazy. I, you know, I keep saying you, you, we, when we made the show, when we sold it, we felt like this is good. When I wrote the pilot, I was like, this is good. We got the writers, and I was like, oh my god, we're making good stuff here, right? And then you get on set, and everyone's like, we feel like we're making a good show. Like from everybody from you know, hair and makeup to directors to the to the COVID crew. Everyone's like, this feels good. Mm -hmm. And so we knew we were making something good. But 
for it to go out into the world and people feel the same way and to come to the show so soon, I was expecting it to be like, I don't know, I was like, all right, it's airing weekly on ABC. Like, it's not going to catch one until it's full season on streaming. I did not imagine this energy so fast. And I'm just like in awe of it, very humbled by it. I'm so happy that people are seeking out something like this to watch. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? There were times I wondered if it was too, I knew it was good, but I was like, oh man, I wonder if people don't want heartwarming. <laughs> I don't know where people are these days, but I knew that there was a market there for it because people keep rewatching old sitcoms on Netflix. My niece is 14 and she's just now discovering like, you know, friends and the office and yeah. she, she loves it. it she loves the feel of it, you know? And I was like, so that feeling, there, there will always be room for that. I guess I just expected people to ignore it for a while. And the fact that they hadn't, I mean, thank you. Thanks to everyone for watching, because, you know? I feel like Abbott is what happens when uh, these networks give black creatives real budgets and, 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 and don't get in their way. Yeah. When it comes to notes and stuff like that. I have to agree with that. They sold ABC to me, like, here's what we can do for you. Here's how we want to listen to and support you. I'd never had a meeting like that in my life. I knew it was the partnership I needed to create this kind of a show. Wow. You know, I knew that they were going to let me, let me cook. That's interesting because you don't really get that on network. No. I knew that this was a network sitcom too. I knew it was 22 minutes. I knew that it was built for that you know, that world. ABC was definitely the place. I just felt they were gonna let me. They believed in me, like you said, the budget was there up mm -hmm. front. You know, it wasn't a fight for, mm -hmm. cause it's surprising how much, you know, we still have to fight for pennies sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's clear you have a lot of respect for teachers. And you know, I love that cause my mom is a public school teacher. Yeah. So did you set out to make, to make commentary on underfunded schools? Was that the, the goal? Not necessarily. I think a good show begins with a grounded topic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we may not think of it that way, but like The Office was about, um, you know, the, 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 the work crisis at the time, you know, we were coming out of recession, you know what I mean? And when you build something from that place, it automatically yields good fruit most of the time. So my idea was to begin from that place. We have this, I've seen it firsthand, what teachers go through from day to day. But I wasn't necessarily setting out to change anything or like beat people over the head with a message. I just knew that if we started in a real place with the state of where we are right now, that that's the best way to start a comedy. I think that's dope because a lot of people just like to be funny first. And that's what you know. Yeah. Just be funny. Right. Just be funny. But it's like, no, can I create a story? Can I yeah. start from something real first? And yeah. funny will come. That's yep. a, It's weird because people look at it, the jokes are really like the easy part. You mm -hmm. can, you know, whatever, but you have to have a soul of a show first. When, you, right. when the show doesn't have a soul, then, the, you know what I mean? Like the jokes don't matter and anyone can say them. Like the soul of the show creates the humor of the show. There are things that people find funny in the show that aren't even jokes, but it's because you know the soul of the show. And I think that also is a marker of a good comedy. Like in Seinfeld, like no soup for you, like mm -hmm. means nothing if you haven't seen Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. But if you have seen Seinfeld, that can make you cry laughing. And that's because of the soul of the comedy, you know, like that kind of stuff matters. Um, I think in making a good show. I think I read somewhere that you don't like tackling issues <laughs> I in your don't, work. No. Really? If this gets tackled, then so be it. But I'm yeah. not trying to like, that's so much pressure. Mm -hmm. And why do we always have to tackle issues? How come I can't make some dumb shit? Like, you know, like. <laughs> That's a great point. I think it's only because black people feel like we're not being represented. 
So we kind of want to show the world, like, what's going on a lot of times. But is it still not representation if not? That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I really don't like... I, I, I said that in an interview, and I felt like that came out wrong, but I'm just saying, like, I don't want to start from that point because that's not funny to me. That's not where I operate best. Like I said, if the issue gets tackled, then so be it. Similar like what's happening with Abbott, but those were naturally the places we were going to go in talking about what happens in a school, what happens with the school district. But starting there just feels so... You oh, no. know, I you know what you. I mean? How do you feel when you think about, you know, the fact that people might see themselves in the character of Janine oh, Teagues? I love that. That makes me happy. Um, I actually love when girls will tweet and say, oh, my God, I think I'm Janine. Like, <laughs> like it's the worst revelation because, you know, Janine's kind of annoying and peppy. and But she's earnest. And I think it's beautiful that people can see themselves be all of that, you know, one of the big things for me with Janine was um, clearly she has a big heart but to a fault, you know, yeah. and she's wrong a lot and right a lot and I think it's really cool that young women and especially young black women can see themselves in this poorly dressed <laughs> like always making mistakes girl, I think that's actually special for us to me that feels like a new version of representation like to identify with someone who is not together yet. Mm -hmm. I think that's fun, you know, so. At some point she has to break up with the aspiring rapper though. Okay. What is, why are people so <laughs> mad? People like, like. Cause you could do better. People's parents call me, we, we got to lose Tariq. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, I was at like a Jewish wedding and this Jewish grandmother grabbed my face and was like, you need to leave the boyfriend. I'm like, this, it's just a show. And she's like, I don't like it. Like people feel very strongly. If he makes it, are you gonna, is he gonna, Get a deal? You gonna sign with Dream Chasers or something? I don't know. <laughs> like, is he gonna get a deal? Look, people hated him in episode two. Now they're sad. They now they don't want to see him go yeah. after his fade performance. They're like, they're all about him. All right, we got more with Quinta Brunson. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Quinta Brunson, Charlemagne. You said Abbott is the first time since high school that your mom said she's proud of you. Yeah. Wow. How did that make you feel? That was a moment. I almost cried when she said that. And she didn't even know why. I was like, you have not said that to me. And uh, I don't know how long. Because everything else I was doing, you know, was witnesses. She found blasphemous. Like, Black Lady Sketch Show, she was like, HBO? The Nudity Network? And I was like, yeah. So she didn't like that. Like, I would tell her, we're in this place called BuzzFeed. And she would, like, tell me the truth. Are you stripping? And it'd be like, she really could not. <laughs> I, I'm so serious. She could not understand what, but it made no sense to her. And yeah, I showed her the website and she's like, this is nothing. This is a website. And I would show her videos and she's like, still not, well, how are you making money from this? But now, you know, ABC, she can understand. Ah, TV show, that made sense to her. So she gets it now and she loves it. She's mm -hmm. such a sitcom watcher that uh, if she didn't like it, she would, like say it like her comedy opinion means a lot to me she told me two weeks ago she was like i'll watch this even if you know it wasn't your show like i love this show wow. that means a lot to me for sure i don't think parents realize how much those i love you and i'm proud of you how far they go for I know. all of us even when we become adults that inner child still wants to hear that i know and she probably won't tell me again for like 10 years but uh i'm gonna hold on to that one star of abbott executive producer head writer as well yes okay yeah. it's a lot of responsibility yeah it's got to be at least 200 people. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Does that weigh on you mentally? Only sometimes when I feel I, like even right now, I'm like I have to, I am speaking for myself, but I do feel like I need to represent 
an entire group of people. I want people to be able to have jobs next year on Abbott. I want to make sure the show keeps going. So I want to try to present myself on behalf of the entire production. Um, and besides that, no, because everybody else is so good at their jobs that it made my life so much easier. It made it easier to delegate, to communicate, because everyone else was so fantastic. Yes, it's a lot of work and a lot of pressure, but I don't feel it because everyone rose to the occasion. What do you do to stay grounded? I play video games. Really? I, yep, I go bowling. Um, I see my family as much as I can. I talk to my family constantly because my family is, they, they're not like, my sister still just like will make fun of me. And I think I need that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, they keep me very grounded. Just staying connected to them. And honestly, even staying connected to Philly, like working with um, Philly organizations. There's an organization called Yeah Philly that I've been working with since uh, 2019. And that they work with youth in the area. It's like an anti-gun violence um, initiative ran by uh, Philly kids. It's incredible. And just staying tapped in with the city and my family, I think, really keeps me keeps my feet on the ground. Do you feel success yet? I feel it in small ways. Like when I was like, I'm gonna buy a cappuccino maker. I know that seems small balling. to some people. Okay, balling, <laughs> I like it. But like little ways where I'm like, ooh. And then I call my business manager and they're like, leave us alone, buy the cappuccino maker. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh, okay, I thought. So little ways like that where I wanna buy something. But I'm so used to being, I used to be broke for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, those things seem big to me. This. I wasn't doing this last year. I was afraid to talk to you, actually. I was like afraid. Because you show sometimes, you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I have to talk to Charlemagne. And I was like, but that, that's also a good sign of doing something. <laughs> I don't want that reputation, by the way. <laughs> no, no positive affirmations for me, huh? You just, this you has just, been nice. <laughs> this has been lovely. This is positive, right? Absolutely. This has been lovely. I, I have had I such it. a good time, yeah. Final question. What does Quinta ultimately want to do? What do you want out of all of this? I hope that after, you know, the show finishes airing, it will have it will have made something in the world just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that by putting it in the show. I just want people to have a good time watching it. I want them to leave thinking about the human condition a little bit more. Mm. Um, as you can see, we've we've started doing our part with helping with schools and so we've got that covered but if other people are inspired to go um, you know help in any way they can with schools that's incredible I love when people like just tell me hey I made a donation today or hey I checked into a meeting a local meeting about because anyone can go to these meetings for schools at you know government meetings or whatever all of that makes me really happy um, and other than that I'd like a farm eventually oh so I'm working toward that nice farm. I'll live in LA and I'll live in the city and stuff, but one day I'm gonna retire and you will never see me again. Why a farm? Why not a farm? Everything's going to sh I wanna no. grow my own food. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna okay. have a compound and uh, you know, have some animals. And so that's my plan. All right. Well, Quinta, it was a pleasure. And I just wanna continue to see you grow Thank and you. evolve. This I love was lovely. I, I hope so. It was. I'm like, this was a wonderful experience. This alone changed your perception of me. You hated me? I didn't know. What did you think of me, Quinta? As a matter of fact, don't answer that. I don't want to know. You know what? I don't want to know for my own confidence sake. Okay? Yes. Thank you, Quinta. Thank you. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club.
But Carpool Karaoke is back. Did you know there was a two-year hiatus? I would assume. I didn't realize that. But yes, that late, late show segment returned yesterday. And Nicki Minaj is in the passenger seat. Talk about back with a bang. Now, here she is talking about her ops. Who is your ops right now? I said, I've got this problem with my neighbor. We pop up on him. I like your dog, but he doesn't need to be outside after 10 p.m. barking for young kids. That's right. Yeah, okay, Graham and Brenda. And we're going to pull up on you and your dog, Graham and Brenda, um, um, and we're going to make it blick, blick. And what we say, and I what we do, we're going to do. I dog. I don't want anyone to be hurt. I just want them to understand that we've got young and children. And if we don't hurt them, how are they going to understand? Well, that's just a different, you it's a different way. There's of, a way of it's doing it. It's a different it. way of, it's a, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to tackle this on my own. They are nice on text. No, if they're they're your ops, they're your ops. Ops don't have your number. Oh, well, then they're not ops. (laughs) All right, in addition to that, she talks about how quickly she writes. How quickly can you write your ops? Well, Chun-Li, I wrote very quickly. Like, in a couple hours, I had everything written. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think you're able to write a beat about anything? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't you need know. any help? I'm a pretty good beatboxer. All right, do it. Pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it. You supposed to come back. Uh, me and James. Uh, looking good. Like we should. Like we knew we would. Shook. Oh, wait. I thought oh, we was done. <laughs> All right, in addition to that, Nikki talked about anxiety. Do you struggle with that, with anxiety? Because yeah. in so many ways, you are so unbelievably confident. Mm. What is that? That mix between anxiety, nerves, matched with an, an extreme amount of confidence? I don't know. I think when I was younger, probably my more natural state was to be more, more confident. But I think when you are a woman and you're in the public eye all the time, you. Um, if you're not careful, you can become less confident because you're being constantly scrutinized, you know? And I just don't think it's natural. It's not natural for a human being to just always feel like everyone's critiquing them. I am sure, and I'm sure social media heightened it. I mean, it's already anxiety is already the most common mental illness in the U.S. affects over 40 million adults. I'm sure the constant critique uh, from social media heightens it. But doesn't everybody have anxiety? I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. Doesn't like everybody have anxiety when they have to do something? You have a little bit of anxiety, right? Well, I think there's probably a difference between nerves and yes. anxiety. Yes. But I mean, it is the most common mental illness in the United States, anxiety disorders. All right. Now, Caitlyn Jenner had a sit-down interview with the Full Send podcast, and some of the things she talked about is trusting Kanye. Actually, I get along very well with Kanye. Um I really like Kanye. Um, every time we've been together, he's he's been absolutely great, especially during the transition and this and that. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal. And still today, when I see him, we're good friends. Um, I just have to be a little careful because, um, you know, he said some things, especially towards the family, that, you know, obviously I'm on the family side, you know. Of course. And I wish him nothing but the best. And, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, I'd love to see him again. Now here's uh, Caitlyn Jenner also talking about the uh, her transition. I made the decision years earlier that if I were to do that, yeah, I would, I would do it all the way or not at all. All the way meaning does it transition to the other part? And I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I was yeah. I what is that surgery you. like? Like what? How does that I, work? 
What is that surgery we, we like? We can't get too we much into. Well, I'm curious. I'm just, I'm curious. Taylor, 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 wait, wait, hold on, Bob. I don't want to go into into have to. specifics, okay. but as doctors say, it's easier to take it off than it is to put it on. What? You heard him. When a doctor's heard putting him. it on, what does that mean? Putting it on. Mm, well, some maybe people attaching sure something. Get a prosthetic. A, a pro, what is it? Prosthetic. What is a prosthetic? <laughs> a prosthetic. I mean, it sounds a like some type of you can get a prosthetic penis. You can get the cyber. You can get the cyber slow. Mm-hmm. The what? That, that gotta be fun. That gotta be a fun process customizing your penis, like picking it out, pick the color. You know what I mean? Okay. What? Or if you don't like yours, you can get it. <laughs> you wouldn't get a regular one. Would you? one. No. Yeah. If you gonna buy, if you gonna get you gonna one, you wanna get one. You gonna do it to be look natural. I want the Bugatti of penises. I'm glowing the dark. I want the exotic. Word. All right, the big boy toy. I feel like you need a smart car. <laughs> Plug it up, charge it up. That'd be wild to be able to charge your penis up at night. No, I meant like a little tiny smart car. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what he has now. He wants something bigger. I'm, the, I'm, I'm getting the phantom of penises. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, um, just as an FYI, Tiger Woods is going to be teeing off this morning. And I've been keeping up with this just to see what's going to happen. You know, he has uh, he had that bad car accident about 14 months ago. And he's only been on a, a golf course in public just one time since then. And that was at the PNC Championship in December with his son, Charlie. They are saying that things have been pushed back 30 minutes opening times because of thunderstorms in the early morning hours. And so they released that statement, and that was uh, due to inclement weather in Augusta, Georgia. But we're excited to see what Tiger Woods is going to bring today. All right? I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, don't forget, uh, coming up in a little bit, Ask Yee. So if you want to get on the phone lines right now, 800-585-1051. Now, we got Duncan today. Next, who are you giving you that Duncan to? Mm. Ohio Senate candidate J.D. Vance. He needs to come to the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. All right, we'll get to that next, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. I teamed up with Zyrtec for this allergy relief message. Springtime brings vibrancy to the air and pollen, so I take Zyrtec when allergy symptoms start. Save the tissues and live vibrantly with Zyrtec. Starts working at hour one and stays strong day after day. WWPR FMHD1 New York. And our heart radio station. This is a miracle. There is no question that there are problems in this country between police and community. Yes, you are a donkey. To the latest on that police killing of a black man. Now to new developments in the deadly spa shooting rampage. Uh, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. And so we are in a state of emergency. Okay, white supremacist violence is and always has been the number one threat to our society. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. My wife is white. The Breakfast Club, bitch. All right, Charlene, please tell me, why was I your donkey of the day? Well, donkey of the day for Thursday, April 7th. Make sure that's today. It is Thursday, April 7th. Yes, it is. Uh, goes to Ohio Senate candidate J.D. Vance. Uh, let me tell you something. I'm giving J.D. Vance donkey of the day simply because I'm black. All right? And as a black man, I have to stand against racism. Okay, I also have to stand against xenophobia. All right, what did Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. say? An injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere? Yes, I totally agree with that. That's how I feel morally. But marketing-wise, 
I think what J.D. Vance did is incredible. Okay, it's bold, it's honest, and it's provocative. It gets the people going. All right, seriously, when I Googled J.D. Vance's name, it had been searched over 16 million times this morning, right? This ad that he uh, created has caused the conversation. Mostly that conversation is saying how it's racist and xenophobic, because it is. But do you think J.D. Vance cares? Hell no, because the more people who talk about his ad, the more people it reaches and the people he is talking to in the ad love it. Okay, all he's trying to do is find more of his tribe. He's running for Senate in Ohio. But when something becomes a national story, then that means more people in Ohio will see it. And if they can answer the two questions he asked in the beginning of the ad with a resounding yes, even if they feel like that a little bit, then guess what? They found the human they want to vote for in J.D. Vance. Would you like to hear J.D. Vance's campaign ad so we can properly discuss? Well, here you go. Are you a racist? Do you hate Mexicans? The media calls us racist for wanting to build Trump's wall. They censor us, but it doesn't change the truth. Joe Biden's open border is killing Ohioans, with more illegal drugs and more Democrat voters pouring into this country. This issue is personal. Mm. I nearly lost my mother to the poison coming across our border. No child should grow up an orphan. I'm J.D. Vance, and I approve this message because whatever they call us, we will put America first. Jesus Christ. Democrats be scared to talk directly to their most loyal voting bloc, which is black women and black men. They can't even pretend. Okay, they be afraid to talk directly to us and talk directly about our issues because they don't want to scare off those hypothetical, unwoke white swing voters. Meanwhile, the GOP on a state and national level is like, what's popping, cuz? You racist, we racist too. What's happening? Okay, it is a part of me that respects this. I don't like pretenders, okay? I want everyone to be who they are. I personally think the world will be a much better place if we all just put what we believe on the table. That way, it's no mixing of energies that don't need to be together, okay? We waste so much time presenting ourselves as things we are not, and that's just not sustainable over time. Over time, the real you will reveal itself, good or bad, okay? The best or the worst of you will eventually reveal itself. Now, here's the thing about politicians, though reason this is dangerous is when you're a politician is because politicians are supposed to be servants of all people okay you got to be objective it shouldn't be about party race sexuality gender religious beliefs you're supposed to be here to serve all of us but we know that's not how this works so why would someone like jd vance be so open and honest about how he feels because he knows in ohio where his bread is buttered okay and the bread in ohio is white all right, really white, highly processed flour and lots of additives white. Okay, JD is buttering the kind of white bread that can t that, that uh, contributes to obesity, heart disease, and diabetes when you eat too much of it. So he don't care about what anyone else is talking about. Okay, 81.7% of people in Ohio are white. I don't know, okay, how many white people in Ohio are racist and hate Mexicans though, okay? I, I, I don't I don't know. This isn't a generalization of all white people in Ohio, but I do know in the presidential elections of 2016 and 2020, Donald Trump won Ohio. OK, and J.D. Vance is just peeping game and saying to himself, oh, I know who and what I need to tap into to possibly get a victory here because J.D. Vance back in 2015 ain't even like Trump. You don't believe me? Listen to the attack ads against him that are running in Ohio. J.D. Vance, in his own words. I'm a never-Trump guy. 
I never liked him. As somebody who doesn't like Trump, I might have to hold my nose and vote for Hillary Clinton. I didn't vote for Trump because I can't stomach Trump. I think that he's noxious, him being really outrageous and offensive. On Twitter, Vance called Trump, quote, reprehensible, an idiot, and Vance loves Mitt Romney. I'm a never Trump guy. That's the real J.D. Vance. Club for Growth Action is responsible for the content of this ad. Hmm. Okay, that's how he felt. But then Trump did what nobody thought he could do, and that's when the the presidential election in 2016, and he won Ohio uh, in 2016 and 2020, and I guess that's when J.D. Vance decided to go full great replacement theory and changed his, changed his mind. Listen to him talk about Trump now. Why should Trump voters, Trump supporters, vote for you? Yeah, look, I mean, all of us say stupid things, and I happen to say stupid things very publicly. Um, you know, I, I've been very public about the fact that I voted for the president in 2020, that I was wrong about the president uh, back in 2015, 2016, and that he's been the greatest president of my lifetime. You know, I was, I, was, I was just north of 30 years old when I said a lot of those things. A lot's changed in my life. Uh, I reengaged with my faith. I got baptized three years ago. I've had three kids since then. You know, a lot's different. And one of the things that's different is that I did change my mind about Donald Trump. He was a great president. Yes, we all say stupid things. I say stupid things, but dangerous things are different, especially dangerous things that come with positions of power. Okay? J.D. Vance knows you don't have to be real in politics. Just say what people want to hear. Just because you believe something doesn't make it the truth, though. So you can believe what J.D. Vance is saying, but it's not really his truth. He just wants your votes. Okay? You got to understand, one of my favorite movies ever is Bullworth. All right? Starring Warren Beatty. Holly Berry, Don Cheadle, okay, and Jay Bullworth was a man who got tired of lying to the American people, and since he had hired a hitman to kill him and thought he was going to die anyway, he just started telling the truth. And it worked. Only difference was, only difference was Bullworth spoke out against racism and had solutions for poverty, and he called out the dysfunction in the healthcare system, and he let folks know about the corporate control of the political agenda. He rebelled against all of that. Great movie. You should watch it, okay? Uh, I have been waiting for a liberal to speak truth to power in that way, but alas, that hasn't happened. But Republicans... Ah, they are. They just don't care about the least of us. Okay, so it makes you ask the question, does it take more courage to be good or bad? Does it take more courage to be right or wrong? I don't know. I just know one party Republicans are displaying political courage, even if it's just to get votes, while the other Democrats, while the other Democrats are showing no courage at all. Kathy Griffin, could you do the honors? Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. <laughs> Chelsea Handler, you want to get in on this uh, J.D. Vance thing? Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. I wonder if um, Chris Rock got anything to say. Cracker-ass cracker! Oh, okay. 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 You got my girl? What about my girl that stood up to the stood up to that dude in uh, Florida? You don't got her? Oh. The one she, she was singing. Damn. Yeah, man. How we ain't got my girl in there? I need my girl. We gotta add my girl to this. I feel like my girl got something to say, but we don't. We we got. Hey Eddie, make sure to add my girl next time, man. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm-hmm. Up next, ask Yee eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Good morning, Brian. Good morning. 
How are you? What's, What's your question for ye? I like to say Grand Rising to all three guys. I've been listening for a long time. I can't believe I got through. Okay. Uh, Charlemagne changed my life, so I wanted to let you know that. And my question for ye is, what happens when you're dating somebody and you tell them that you just want to be friends, but they continue to do whatever it is to try to be more than just friends? Well, I'm confused. Are you dating them or are you just friends? Well, I tell them, I, I, I've said we're just friends from the very beginning, but it's friends with benefits. Because I was going to say, if you're dating, you're not just friends. Yeah, well, it's funny. I told her that I didn't want to date. We could just be friends. But she thinks we're dating because she's always planning things for us to do at like a couple. And I, and I tell her that I see other women, but she doesn't hear that. Okay, so you guys are sleeping together. Of course. And she wants more, but you want to be single so you can date other people. Yeah. And why is it, are you just not in a space in your life where you want to be committed? Or is it that she's not the one? She's not the one. Well, then you need to leave her alone. That's not fair to her. You're dragging it out. You can see that she wants more. You don't want more. You already know she's not the one. If you care about her as a person, you should leave her alone. Yeah, I, I told her I told her how I feel, but I'll stay away for for some time, and then she'll just she'll come back, and I'll let her back in. I mean, that's kind of on you. You know what her intentions are. You know what she wants. You know you're not going to do that. So if you're making a decision to continue to see her, knowing that she has higher expectations, and every time you still continue to sleep with her and take her out and do these things, you're actually leading her on, and then you're saying, well, she doesn't understand because you're giving her a mixed message. Yeah, I was kind of feeling that. I just got to stay away. All right, you answered my question. Okay, there you go. Leave her alone. If you care about a person at all and you know that's not the one, stop sleeping with her. Okay. See, I want to I want to remain friends, but I know if I stop sleeping with her, she's not going to be my friend. That's fine. And look, sometimes I believe that if one person likes the person more than the other, you can't really be friends. Now, maybe further on down the line in a few months when she's moved on, y'all can be okay. But as for now... Her feelings are involved. And so as a friend and somebody you want to be friends with, you got to just make sure you cut cut that off. It's painful. Okay. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off at first, but in the long run, it's for the best. Yeah, it's very. Because I, like, I, care, I care about her as a person. I don't want her, but I know it's going to hurt her. Yeah. It's hurting her more, though, because at some point she'll be hurt. So you might as well get it over with. If you keep on doing this and keep on giving her false hope, that's worse than just saying it's not going to happen. I think that we should take a break from even speaking to each other. I respect you. I want us to be friends, but I also want to make sure I'm doing the right thing by you so you can actually get somebody in your life who wants the same things that you want with you because you deserve it. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Brian. Good luck. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Ask ye 800-585-1051. If you need any type of advice, you can call her now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? My name's Nikki. Hey, what's your question for Yeezy? Okay, so my question is, if your boyfriend and your girlfriend are having inappropriate conversations on social media, should you should you go to your girlfriend first and let her know that you don't like that, or do you go to your boyfriend? 
So Both when you say what goddamn time, sorry. When you say girlfriend, you mean just like your friend or you mean girlfriend like you're dating both of them? Just my friend. And okay. She's, she's both of your friends. Okay. But, okay, she's both of your friends. So who does she know first? And so it's around the same time for both of us because we all met like elementary. Okay. What's inappropriately? Okay. They were examples. If they're on social media talking about how, you know, that you who got like, they got power and stuff, and that's why men won't leave her alone. And then just having like sexual conversations. Oh, hell no. It's never about them having sex, just like her and other men having sex. And why won't those men leave her alone? And the, my boyfriend in turn said, well, maybe yo, you who got some power. Yeah, no, that's awkward and that's uncomfortable. And you definitely need to talk to both of them. The first person I would talk to, who are you closer to? Your boyfriend, right? Yeah, I mean, I, so I did do it, and I went to my boyfriend first. He's now my husband. Okay. Uh, he admitted it was wrong, but I went to him first and told him I didn't like that. It was inappropriate. And then after it continued, I then went to her and was like, you know, hey, don't entertain my boyfriend while y'all doing this because it's inappropriate. Okay. But she makes it seem like I'm a bad friend because I shouldn't have never went to her. I should have took it up with my boyfriend. No, I think you did the right thing. That's what I would have did. First, I would have went to my man and said, these conversations are inappropriate. I'm not comfortable with it. And then I would have went to her. Do you feel like she likes him? She says that she doesn't. I just I just feel like it's just inappropriate. Regardless of whatever, mm-hmm. you're my friend and you know what triggers me. So you know if I got insecurity issues or whatever then don't cross that line. And then as my spouse, you know me as well. Like, right. you know not to be doing this, on, especially on social media. Did they stop? Uh, well, yeah. We, we ended up having to block her and everything. It turned really bad to where we were about to fight and have a shootout, so... Okay, I just want to say that ain't your real friend. You should be able to go to your friend and tell them anything, even if it's an uncomfortable conversation. And so for her to tell you that you need to just go to him and take it up with him alone, no. You are the person that is instigating all of these things. And as my friend, I should be able to have those conversations with you. You shouldn't even have done it in the first place, but at least I'm coming to you and telling you how I feel. Now, if you still continue to act like you're not doing anything wrong and you're not respecting my feelings, you're not really my friend. And the fact that you had to block her, that might mean that that's a sign that's not somebody that's supposed to be in your life. Right. Because I, I was questioning if I needed to, like, apologize and try to rekindle our friendship. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask, like, was I in the wrong anywhere here? You know, sometimes you outgrow people. Sometimes she might be jealous of your relationship with him. That's what somebody else told me, but... I don't know. And, not, and I'm not even saying that that means she wants him, but she might be jealous of the fact that the two of you together, maybe she feels left out. She wants to cause problems. But anybody I feel like that makes your life more difficult and when you confront them about it, they're not receptive to what you have to say. That's not somebody you need in your life. Okay. Can I ask you one more yeah. question? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now, I did marry my boyfriend, so he owned up to it and, and admitted that he was wrong about it. And since then, we haven't had any issues like that. So was that kind of like a good choice as well? Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. I mean, we got a child together and everything now, and I'm happy. Happiness is a great choice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I love y'all. I listen to y'all every day while I'm throwing these newspapers at these people houses. I love all of y'all. Angela Yee, Envy, Charlemagne. Thank you. We thank love you, you too, Nikki. Love you. I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> All right, thank you. Y'all be blessed.
All right. Well, thank you, Yee, for that advice. 800-585-1051. Now, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and we'll be talking about Real Housewives of New York. As you know, there's going to be two different versions. And listen to what Ebony K. Williams had to say about why she thinks that happened. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Ebony K. Williams from The Real Housewives of New York was on Reality with the King, Stitcher podcast that's hosted by Carlos King. And she talked about how Real Housewives of New York is coming out with two different shows and why she believes that Bravo is launching two versions of Real Housewives of New York. Here's what she said. So I was right here in this Airbnb and I was working and I got a, I did get an advanced call from production to let me know um, the details. Was it, was it hours before? It was enough for me to not be shocked when, you, when, when, when the general populace found out I was informed. And I was in my feelings for about two seconds, only because, you know, I feel very strongly that I did everything in my power, everything I knew to do, everything I could do to show up um, full throttle as my inaugural season as a housewife. So what are the two shows? So there's one that's like a throwback show. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a, a Real Housewife of New York throwback or reboot or a legacy or whatever it is that they're calling it. And then um, they're keeping their casting pretty low. So, I mean, they're keeping the information on what they're casting is going to be pretty They're trying low, to figure so. it out. Yeah, New they're York trying to figure these things out because it didn't work out. One. Well, I don't watch. Was trash, yeah, horrible. Yeah, I don't watch either one of them. But um, I mean, I did a couple episodes just for Ebony. But it, sh- it should be two shows, and the other show should be super diverse. It should be one that really reflects the melting pot that New York City is. Don't you think? Well, she doesn't feel like uh, absolutely they wanted that. That was the main thing, right? She was the first ever black person on Real Housewives of New York. New York mm-hmm. is such a diverse place, but apparently but their bubble is not that diverse. Now they made everything about race. It wasn't a, a, a normal show where you see women going out and doing what they do. Every show was something about race. Well, that might be the editing because I'm sure they film way yeah, more. Yeah, the editing than... was trash. It was trash. It was the last season was trash. Now Ebony K. Williams also said only Sonya Morgan was willing to come to the table and negotiate a future that involved me as a part of this ensemble. So here's what else she had to say about the season not being fun. I feel very strongly that several of the aspects of the traditional housewife experience, which you know all too well because you helped curate the shit, um, were absent from my season. We're in a lockdown. It's New York, so it's not the same as a lockdown in other parts of the country. It was no dice. There was um, no international trip. There was no glamour. There was no glitz. So it just was lacking of the fun that Housewives is known for. So is Ebony going to be on season the next season? Not looking like it. She said only one member was willing to come to the oh, table. Oh, I thought she was saying there's two different shows and she's going to be on one of them. She's not even going to be on the next season. She said her co-stars were unwilling to negotiate to keep her on the series. They uh-huh. didn't want to even meet her halfway in that negotiation. Uh-huh. It didn't fit. They, they, it didn't fit. That, that that whole show, you could just tell, it was just thrown together. I know a lot of times at least the women know each other. But in New York, it just was just a, it was just an odd thing. Now, she also feels that she was blackballed. I, I'm gonna be real. Were you blackballed by Luann, Ramona, Leah, in terms of not being able to come to the table? They were unwilling to. Yes, if, if you want to call it blackballed, I'm not gonna, you know, dispute the semantics of that, Carlos. What I am telling you plainly 
Only Sonia Morgan was willing to come to the table and negotiate a future that involved me as a part of this ensemble. Period. Dot. I thought Leah was her friend on there. Yeah, I don't think those were black balls. Those were white labias that were blocking uh, Ebony K. Williams from being on. Because <laughs> she came on, on as as Leah's friend. Well, she wasn't and really Leah's seemed... friend. They just say friend, but she, they didn't seem like they really knew each other. I don't watch the show. I only watched it to Ebony a couple of times. Okay, salute to Leah too. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm riding with Ebony. I'm riding with Ebony. Whatever she wants to do, I'm with it. All right, now Lee Daniels is saying that he was confused by what happened with Jesse Smollett. He did an interview with T.S. Madison, as you know. And here's what he had to say. Are you mad at him? Mm-mm. I was. I was. I was confused. So what know? happened? I don't. You tell me. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, when I tell you, he I says said, it didn't happen, and so I have to believe him that it that he believes that it didn't happen because that's the boy that I uh, cast, and that's the boy that I love, and and uh, he was you. He was he you. Was he listen. He he. It's too painful to talk about it, girl. I can't. It's too upset. Did you cry, Lee? Like a bitch. <laughs> Why is Lee Daniels so funny to me, man? <laughs> Did you cry like a bitch? <laughs> I watched that like five times yesterday for no reason. What's wrong with you, man? I don't know, man. And I, I listen, I understand where Lee coming from. That's his guy. He riding with his guy right or wrong. And guess what? He, he believes him. He be- Even if he didn't believe him, he's still riding with him. But, you know. All right, and um, Pusha T posted its album title is Almost Dry. Phase one of the tour coming to a city near you. Tickets go on sale Friday, so tomorrow tickets will go on sale for the It's Almost Dry tour phase one with special guests. Okay. So you can I'm go to kingpush.com slash tour to get those tickets. It's Almost Dry. When is the album dropping, though? Is there, is there a release date? You know the single, not, that one that wasn't a single, but they put out a record yesterday with Hope, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When is the, the album coming out? It doesn't say. It mm. does, however, say when the tour is starting. So I guess you figure it's going to be maybe around the same time. This tour starts May 29th in Seattle. Okay. Well, if you liked Neck and Wrist yesterday, that's about that's about the seventh or eighth best song on the album. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe you and Coyle Ray can go together so you can help expose her to some pushy teeth. Maybe she might have a feature with Push a Button. All right. Maybe. Well, that is your rumor reports. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Up next is the People's Choice Mix. Uh, shout to Jim Jones. He sent me uh, his remix to his joint featuring Lil Wayne, Joel Santana, and Callis. We're going to start the mix off with that. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. I teamed up with Zyrtec for this allergy relief message. Springtime brings vibrancy to the air and pollen. So I take Zyrtec when allergy symptoms start. Save the tissues and live vibrantly with Zyrtec. Starts working at hour one and stays strong day after day. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest joining us this morning. We have the mayor of Atlantic City. Atlantic City. Atlantic, Atlantic City. City. Marty Small. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning, Envy. Good morning, Angela Lee. I mean, good morning, Angela Yee. Listen, that's everyone's names up there. To <laughs> the Breakfast Club worldwide audience. And it's a great day in the city of Atlantic City. Now, this is the first time that you Wait, actually met Wait, hold on. You're not going to introduce both of our guests? I'm, I'm about to. Okay. But I'm going to say this is the first time that he actually met Angela Yee. I was starting to think that Angela Yee had something against me. You know? No. All of my Breakfast Club appearances, she 
hasn't been I here. I thought maybe you were planning it that way. Like, nah, Angela, what day is Angela out? Okay, perfect. It's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Now also you have uh, Cash with you for people that don't know. What's his position? Well, Ca- Cash was my former aide um, who's now is my constituent service director and in charge of special projects. Um, marijuana being one of them. Um, you know, young guy um, who I'm extremely proud of has grown so much and that's what I wanted to do when I came in the mayor's office. I wanted to give younger people an opportunity who normally wouldn't get that opportunity. So he's making us all proud. Cash, something we call it cannabis. Cannabis, definitely. <laughs> New York, what up? Yes, that's yes. The proper term. That's the proper term. So now what's going on with, with Atlantic City now? You've been in office for, for some time now. Uh, so what have you been doing? What have the people of Atlantic City been seeing? Well, well, listen, first of all, um, you know, we stabilized the government. As you know, when I first came on here, I was just getting in. Um, you know, taking over for the former mayor, COVID hit, um, we served the community well, and now things are stable. And as you know, I had seven elections in two years. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. And, and and now the government's stable. We're moving forward uh, with our agenda. Also, a little history in the family. Uh, my wife, January 1st, became the first African-American female superintendent Ooh, in the history of Atlantic nice. City. And crazy, the first superintendent uh, to actually live in Atlantic City. So, wow. you know, we're extremely proud about that. And, you know, we're just plugging away. We're, you know, offering more services, spending less money. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing is fiscal responsibility. Um, for the third straight year, the good people of Atlantic City is going to get a tax decrease. Uh, we have a situation where I wanted to invest in human capital. We got money from the American Rescue Plan. We got $33 million. We got the first uh, $16.5 million. And we wanted to spend it on lost revenue, which um, we fixed a couple of bridges in town. But also we wanted to give back to our employees. Um, we gave every city employee up to thirty five hundred dollars uh, as, as as COVID pay. Mm-hmm. And we did something that no other mayor has ever done. And that's give back to the taxpayers and businesses. Um, currently now, those taxpayers and businesses are getting uh, five hundred dollars. It's a lot, um, you know, considering that uh, it's never been done. And. One of the things I said when I got in, we wanted to rebuild City Hall from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And we're changing the culture in City Hall and government and uh, throughout the city. And they're coming up on uh, contract negotiations, which we're wrapping up next week. And I'm just going to say this, that our employees have never seen a contract like we're about to give up, uh, like we're about to give out. And I'm extremely proud of that as mayor. What do you mean? What, what kind of contract? Um, the union contract. Okay. It expired at the end of December and everyone except for our fire department is up this year. They're up next year. And you can't say that you believe in employees, you believe in upward mobility, you believe in right size and the salaries in government. And when you get a chance to do so, you don't act. So, you know, we, we're extremely excited about that. And, you know, things are looking up in the city. Being a kid and going down to Atlantic City, it wasn't that many black things to do. It wasn't that many urban events. Is that changing? Well, um, as I said on the station when I first came on a couple of years ago, that I was going to change the culture and the way that we do things in Atlantic City. And now because of my relationships with promoters across the country, my relationship with you, a lot of people are considering Atlantic City that normally wouldn't consider doing any type of business in Atlantic City. Um, We got some exciting things that's happening for the first time. Uh, We have uh, in June... I can't give the date or the location, but Denier and Blanc Mm -hmm. is coming to Atlantic City. Um, We have uh, Kevin Hart performing. We have Wildin' Out. 
Um, you know, we're working. Of course, we have DJ Envy Drive Your Dreams Car Show. Yeah, we had 12,000, over 12,000 people out there last yes. year. Just to, just to put that in there. No incidents, no problems, no situation. Family fun day. This year, we haven't released a date yet, but yeah, it's going to be another big one. Um, what else? I'm sorry. Yes, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working with Live Nation. Be on the lookout for this. We're working very hard for the first ever, and it's going to be an annual, the Atlantic City Urban Entertainment Festival. This is going to focus on women empowerment. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a two-day concert series mm -hmm. um, at Boardwalk Hall. And, you know, there's going to be all type of parties and uh, different promoters doing different things. We're working on something uh, for Betafield, um on Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we're also working on a unique bike festival. Um, you know, shout out to my guy, uh, Lenny the Barber, who's done a lot of things out here. We're trying to put that play together. But... Um, we listen, motorcycle or bicycle? We um, bike. Oh, bike. Bike. Yeah. Lenny rides bikes. Well, you know Lenny's a master promoter, so oh, you know okay. Lenny, yeah, Lenny, you know. Lenny, Lenny gets into anything. Yeah, but he used to ride bikes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get back on it as soon as it gets a little warmer. Yeah, but but the thing is, um, you know, we have options. You know, the saying you ever have options and not need them, they need options and not have them. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely uh, changing the culture there, and we know that um, that's a priority uh, for us in the city. So we're going to stay true to our summertime slogan that. We live, we lit, we outside. Now, Cash, now, for, for people that want to get in the cannabis yes, industry in New Jersey, uh, what are the, the, <clears throat> the ways they can get into the industry? Right now, the uh, license process is open for the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. December 15th started cultivation. That's where you grow the flower. Mm -hmm. March 15th, the application process opened up for retail. Mm -hmm. So Atlantic City is going to be the East Coast hub for cannabis, specifically targeting retail so what you got to do right now is it's not easy you know out of 100 percent of uh cannabis businesses in the country less than three percent are minority owned so it's not an easy task i would say do your due diligence stay on njgov backslash cannabis to get all the information that you need get you a right attorney or get you a right application writer that's really what the name of the game right now is application writing because it's on a point system you want to make sure you have every point to qualify but atlantic city is open for business uh call up to city hall you know hit me on instagram uh send me an email we are doing everything in our power to continue the to get the uh the support from people all over we have Every top company calling in, every celebrity calling in, they want to do business in Atlantic City, and we wide open. We're accepting all six uh, license types. So, yeah, you know, explain just that the license us. types. So the first type they say are two. people that's um, mm -hmm. affected by marijuana and weed, right? Right. It's six classes of license, two types. So it's micro. That's where it's less than 2,500 square feet and less than 10 employees. And this is specifically for somebody who lives in that city or one of the surrounding cities. Mm -hmm. The other one, just a regular class tier license where, you know, it could be minority owned, minority owned or it could be all Caucasian owned. It could be anything. And that's just where it's not specifically on social equity. So the first type of license is cultivation. That's growing a flower. Mm -hmm. Second one is manufacturing. That's turning a flower into a product. Then it's distribution and wholesale, and that's where you store the product and then transfer it to the retail. Retail was the most important for us. That's the storefront, you pick up the flower. And lastly is delivery. That's one that's gonna be a sleeper because a lot of Jersey Shore towns around us opted out. Ocean City, Summers Points, they saying, hey, we don't want it here, but we can always start our business in Atlantic City and deliver anywhere in New Jersey. So that's one that's gonna be real good right there. That's there you have it. Mm -hmm. Mayor Marty Small. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you cut us off, before you cut us off, let me get some. If you want Atlantic City, if you want to come to Atlantic City, you want to do business, please call up to City Hall, 609-347-5400.
We outside. We open for business. It's a partnership. Atlantic City's open. Let's work. There you and, go. And, and uh, you know, follow me on the gram. I'm Marty Small. I-M-M-A-R-T-Y-M-A-R-T-Y-S-M-A-L-L for all things Atlantic City as well. But I got a parting gift. Oh, thank you. I want you to zoom in right here because I'm pushing my chips to the middle of the table in Atlantic City. See that? Is that crypto chips? City of Atlantic <laughs> City. Mayor Marty Small Sr., and on the reverse side, you got that? It's a great day here in the city of Atlantic City. So, Envy, I thank you for betting thank on Atlantic so City. Much, How much are these chips Angie, worth? Nothing. I can't, I can't, can I, I can't, I can't tell you. These? Oh, shots fired. He said nothing. <laughs> thank you. Let me see. How much? I'm going to say this, though. You know, I appreciate you coming, and I see you sweating. So I wanted to give you something like your sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Giants pride. See, towels. He, he just wipe your sweat. He just got real disrespectful. You, know, so you can just wipe your sweat. That's real disrespectful. You know, this, this, you know I'll, I'll leave you with this part and give so you can wipe your sweat. You know what I mean? All right. Since you want to go there, E A G L E S Eagles. Oh, New oh, York, at <laughs> my goodness. All right. Well, shout to me and Marty Small for joining us. Yes, and you know, Atlantic City is also building a one hundred million dollar year around water park at Showboat. So he wanted to make sure that you guys are aware of that. And he said, as part of his education for residents. They're going to have a trucking school for residents. That's going to be at Betafield in Atlantic City. And since we're talking about Betafield, Atlantic City is also entertaining a proposal of $2.7 billion. That is for Betafield and is centered around auto enthusiasts. So that's really dope. All right. Well, shout out to Mayor Marty Small. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yeah. First of all, I want to salute Quinta Brunson, man. Uh, that conversation I had with Quinta Brunson will be out later today on my um uh, YouTube page at See the God as well as the Hollywood Reporter YouTube page. So salute Quinta and everybody over there at the Hollywood Reporter for Emerging Hollywood. Shira Bira. What up, Shira? Uh, but my positive note is simply this. You can't make someone love you by giving them more of what they already don't appreciate. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs>